Hello, my name is RJ and welcome to Realms and Nerds. If this is your first time listening, a special welcome to you. Thanks for joining us on this new adventure. I don't usually talk before the show anymore, but rather only during a commercial break in the middle. But this is a new campaign, so I wanted to explain a few things before we get into it. This episode is the first episode of our new, concurrently running campaign, The Vasanoka Adventures. For those of you who are here that have been listening to our previous episodes for the Return of Ornon campaign, don't worry. We will still be releasing episodes of that campaign. We are just finally releasing episodes of the Vasanoka Adventures as well. I'll be going into further detail on that in the commercial break to explain how it's going to work going into the future. This new campaign is being DM'd by Brandon, with Harrison, Ash, and myself as the player characters. It takes place on a different continent on Prydea than The Return of Vornon does, so we'll be playing new characters who you will meet here shortly. So if you've never listened to our show before, don't worry. You won't need to have listened to any other episode to understand what happens in this one. However, if you'd like to check out our other campaign and previous episodes, I would definitely recommend it. But I would like to forewarn you that the first uh, 17, 18, 20 episodes of the campaign were recorded with a different microphone setup than what we use now, so the quality isn't quite as good. It's not bad, barring a few unfortunate exceptions. However, it's just a small step back from what we're at now. Also, just to note that the table that we have been using to record this campaign has a cloth top, so the dice rolls will not be heard in this campaign. I don't think it really detracts or really adds anything to the story, but I figured someone would notice and ask about it, so there's your explanation. Lastly, I'd like to give a couple of shout-outs. First, to Justin Mattioli of the Lit Gaming Arena podcast for his rendition of our main theme, which we're using for this campaign, and second, to our friend Kyle, the original composer of the theme. And now, without further ado, let's delve into the realm of the Vasanoka Adventures. So our story begins in the country of Vasanoka. On the west coast of the country, there is a land, a region called Farland. And in this region, just south of the Odantos Mountains, uh, Westport is the capital city of Farland. Uh, and it brings in so many different communities. Uh, it's a very hustling, bustling city, constantly moving. Some people might even use the expression, you know, it's the, the city that never sleeps. Uh, they're always working. Uh, it seems like there's ships constantly coming and going. Anything you need, you can find in Westport. In this land, it's ruled by Robert Westerian. And our story begins today with his son, Lou, walking into the king's chamber. As Lou walks into the room, pushes open the door, uh, and sees the room completely empty, there's three people in the room, his father, Robert, and his father's two most trusted knights, Ben on his right hand, and on his left hand is Larson. Well, hello, father. I hope I'm not interrupting anything. Oh, no, not at all. 
I'm very glad to see you. I have important news for you. Of course, yes. What's happened? <sighs> now, I haven't told this to any of my advisors because they think I'm crazy for saying this, but I've been hearing rumors of an evil brewing in Vermoor. I know that you've been wanting to test your skill, see if you really are all that you think you are. Son, I really need you to go out, find out the truth of Vermoor, and bring it back to me. Of course, Father. Any threat to our country is my responsibility to take care of. I'm happy to do whatever I can. Of course. Now, I can't have you be going alone, of course. You know, you may think that you're the greatest warrior in the land, but, my son, I still believe you have much to learn. Of course, Father, of course. Uh, it might look a bit conspicuous if I take an entire regiment with me, however. Ah, I could not agree more. Robert turns to his right. He looks at Ben and says, Ben, you've been in my service for many years, and I've come to think of you as one of my trusted and highest counsel in times of need. Though you may only be a knight, I know I can always confide in you. I am tasking you to be the protector for my son. No harm shall come to Lou while you are in his service. Lou, you are entrusted to this man. His life should be your own. If you're going to be journeying together, you're going to need each other. Of, of course, Father. I've trained with Ben often. He and I, I'm sure, will do well together. I don't doubt it. Now, I'm sure you're probably a little excited. Uh, why don't you go take a walk on the beach, clear your head. You start first thing tomorrow. Of course, Father. Ben, did my father give you any more information or maybe a clue about what might be coming for us? Not that I know of. It's strange. He's not normally that closed off about information. This must have really scared him. I suppose I'd better go and prepare my things. I've got quite a bit of gear, but none of it is packed up. I wasn't exactly expecting a trip. Well, all I've got to say is, don't mess it up this time. With that, uh, the two friends are starting to walk off the beach, heading up towards the tall grass that's on a small sandy bank. Meanwhile, though, in the faraway land of Vermoor, atop the great mountain of Dolo, in a small shed on the side of the mountain, it's so cold up there, there's wind and, and snow everywhere, uh, it's, it seems as though the top of the mountains is always in a constant blizzard. They're up so high. Inside this small shack, a white dragonborn lay on top of a small table. Standing next to him is a frail old woman, teeth rotting, eyes just black as could be, and she's chanting above his body and uh you know you just start to see this green glow come off of her fingers as his body starts to look as though it's being reanimated and you see this white dragonborn shoot up and it's just sitting there on the table and then Kroll the paladin of Bahamut hears a voice in his head and it's his great god Bahamut he says Kroll I might not give you the, 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 the I will give you a sentence. 
back into Kroll's eyes, and Kroll the Paladin of Bahamut is no more. For Kroll the Fallen, Blood Knight, throws himself off of the table, and what is he going to do? He is going to go straight for Tiana. Okay. Kroll runs at this sorcerer who just raised him from the dead, this wicked woman, and taking the great sword off of his back, Kroll swings it as he brings it down on this witch that brought him back to life as she's split in two. There's a moment of relief as he puts his sword back away. And then where's he going to go? He's going to walk out that door. And he's not quite sure where to start. He's just going to kind of wander and make a plan in his head. But he knows he's got one goal in life right now. And that's to get revenge on those followers of Bahamut who are actually traitors. So as Kroll walks through this misty mountaintop, he, he's not sure exactly where he's going to go. Uh, and then suddenly, two of these followers of Tiamat from the temple, there's one in front of him and one behind him. Kroll pulls his sword to fight, and he runs up on the one in front of him, and I'm going to need you to make an attack roll. 18. All right, so Kroll takes his sword and plunges it right into the gut of this follower of Tiamat, and as he, as he releases his anger, he just pushes the sword deeper in, and then he turns around to see that there is an arrow being shot from the second follower of Tiamat, and this arrow, it's about to hit him. He's preparing for this arrow to just plunge right into his face, when all of a sudden, a great big fire surrounds him, and he sees as the snow around him and these, this body in front of him the arrow and the archer all are swept up, and there's just a moment of blackness. When suddenly, a great fire slashes the beaches of Farland, and two warriors, a knight and a prince, are blown back from the great heat and uh, all the fire. And I'm going to need both of you guys to make a constitution saving throw. Uh, ben got a six. <laughs> Wait, no, a saving throw. Yeah, no, that's a six. Uh, yeah, that's a six for me, too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, Bahamut, don't Congratulations, you died in the first episode. <laughs> Kroll is bewildered to see that he has not been struck by this arrow. It seems to just have disappeared in this teleportation that he just went through. Meanwhile, Ben and Lou are thrown to the ground. You guys both land face first uh, in the sand, just mouthful of sand. There's grit all over you. You both push yourselves up, just, you know, a little bit hurting. And Ben, you see that now, for some reason, uh, this archer who has just appeared on the beach, you have no idea where he came from. Now there's an arrow coming right at you. So I'm going to need you to make a dexterity saving throw. 23. Awesome. Ben catches this arrow out of the air as coming <laughs> by him. And he pulls the longbow off of his back. And he's going to string the arrow and he's going to make an attack. 
Okay. So he's going to shoot it at the archer. Oh, or not, because that is a 7 versus AC. That actually hits. Ouch. That's a baby-ass arm. Yeah. All right. Um, This arrow strikes into the shoulder of this follower of Tiamat, and he falls to the ground. Kroll, you now see that there are two people standing on the beach. This person that just shot an arrow at you now has an arrow in their shoulder. How are you going to proceed? Oh, I'm going to run at this guy and cut him down for shooting at me. All right. Uh, so Kroll's going to charge at this follower of Tiamat. Going to pull out his great sword and... That's a 23. Comes down, just splits the skull of this guy. And he turns around and standing right behind him, swords drawn are Lou and Ben. Ben's going to lean over to Lou. I'm blaming this one on you. Who are you? Identify yourself. My name's Crawl, or at least that's what it was in my past life. I think I just came back from the dead. See, what are your names? Well, I'm not sure we... You have names, do you not? We do, but we don't know much about you. I'm not quite sure we should be telling you our names. Now, see, that's not fair. You asked me my name, but you wouldn't tell me yours. Well, you've kind of uh, shown up on our shore, not the other way around. I suppose that's fair. A little bit. Why have you come here? What are you doing here? Well, you see, about five minutes ago I was raised from the dead. I was cut down by these people who betrayed me. I was a follower of Bahamut, you see. But, unfortunately, the leaders of my uh, cult, they were traitors. They truly followed Tiamat. And while they killed me, but this sorcerer, this woman, I don't even know her name, brought me back to life, and I fled after cutting her down. Now I have one goal in life, and that's to kill the followers of Bahamut, who are truly followers of Tiamat. Listen, buddy, I didn't need your whole life story. Why should we trust somebody from a war cult? Well, I mean, you both look a little bit like warriors yourselves, see? We're defenders of the realm, not murderers. Whoa, 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 now, whoa. Followers of Bahamut are not murderers. We are defenders ourselves. We believe in good and peace. We defend I've heard the otherwise. Well, where you heard from was clearly a follower of Tiamat, see? I'm pretty sure that history is not a follower of Tiamat, and history is littered with references of the followers of Bahamut murdering everyone in their path. Well, you see, that's by the opinion of the writers of history, not by the actions of those who actually follow Bahamut. But what are you doing here? That's the question. I was kind of hoping you could tell me. See, I was standing on top of a mountain getting shot at by that archer, when suddenly I disappeared and reappeared here. Wait, a mountain? A mountain where? Oh, I'm from the east side of this continent, see? In a place called Vermore. Lou's going to lean over to bed. Perhaps he knows something about this evil. Perhaps. Should we check with him? Be my guest. So what exactly has been going on over in Vermont? Well, there have been some disappearances, see. I was tasked with figuring out what was going on, and I was traveling to a location that we thought might be a place where the people were were taken from. But uh, I was kind of betrayed by these people, you see, who were supposedly the leaders of my cult. Do you think we can trust him, Prince Lou? Well, as far as I can tell, so 
right now, he hasn't given us much of a reason not to trust him. He seems to be fairly straightforward. Should we take him back to your father? That's the real question. Perhaps he could sort this out. Not into the castle, no. I think maybe we take him to the courtyard and have my father come out. Perhaps, I mean, there we can have a contingent of guards to watch him while they discuss this. Of course. So nearby, uh, as he typically is, Ben's messenger was with him. He has several retainers, or several. He has three retainers, one of them being a messenger. So he's going to send the messenger ahead to inform the king what is going on and to meet us in the courtyard. Now listen here, um, you have to understand, we can't just take you at your word right away. We'd like to take you back to the castle to have a discussion with my father. Well, I didn't really have any other plans, see, so I guess I'll go along with you. So, yeah, he's going to restrain him, he's going to be walking no, on either so side I'm of gonna, him. Um, What's the deal here? I'm going to walk, I think, next to him, okay. uh, and I'm going to motion Ben to walk a little bit behind him, Yep. So that, okay. if he, so that if he tries to start something, Ben's kind of in an advantageous position to grab him or stab yep. him or whatever. <laughs> but I am, however, going to have my sword out. Awesome. So Yeah, so will Ben. So you guys, both of them. You guys uh, walk back up the beach the way that you two had come from, and... There at the base of the beach, there are steps that go up a uh, little ways over this hill. And atop the hill, there is a big tower. You open the door up, and it serves as a stairway that takes you up into the castle. Uh, it's going to bring you inside the castle near the front entrance, not in the courtyard. So once you go there, you're going to sneak through the castle. You're going to try and... Uh, No, yeah, I mean, I'm not really worried about people in the castle seeing this guy, because as far as we know, like, we're not trying to keep him secret. He showed up. We don't know what's going on with him. So I think um, after we lead him up the stairs, uh, when we get to the top, Lou's just going to say, all right, you you two wait here for just a moment. And he's actually going to go and uh, out into the hallway and look and see if anybody's in there. There is a couple of chambermaids that are just walking down the hall. Okay, uh, have some buckets in their hands. So he's just gonna—he's just kind of wave them. Hey, you, uh, stand clear, stand clear, please. Oh, of course, of course. All right, Ben, bring him in. All right. He—he he does that. Okay. I feel like John Coffee in the Green Mile. <laughs> Curl gets led down this hall. You guys take a right, and right there, there's the main entrance into the courtyard. Okay. So, yeah, we're bringing him out into the courtyard. Okay. Is, are we met by people there? Yeah, or are Since we waiting? Since he his messenger ahead. King Robert standing there. Uh, a few more of his Kingsguard are with him. There's really only, like, five people standing in this courtyard. The king, four of his trusted Kingsguard, and then there's the three of you. So I guess there are okay. eight people in total in this courtyard. So, do you walk straight up to your father? Yeah, but not too close. We're going to keep him probably within, like, 20 feet. Okay. Because we don't want to give him too much of an opportunity. Yeah, just Um, in case. Ben, stay with him. And then I'm going to walk up to my father and basically give him a summary of what we've just talked about on the beach. Just kind of basically catch him up here. Hmm. 
Well, okay then. Um, Kroll, is it? That would be correct, sir. You say you're from the land of Vermor? Indeed. And do you intend to return to your land? Well, of course. I have business there. That was why I was sent back to this world to begin with. Right. He's going to just stand back for a second. I want to lean over, because I'm still standing next to him. I'm going to lean over and whisper in his ear, Father, he seems like he's been fairly honest with us. I, it, It's all very strange, but I feel like we can trust him. Yes. Yes, indeed. Kroll! Yes, sir. Come forward. Kroll walks up towards him. And um, he hasn't said anything to uh, his Kingsguard, but just out of the fact that they have no idea who you really are, as you get a little bit closer, the two Kingsguard that are standing, like the end of these four knights, is gonna, they're both going to step forward just a little bit so that kind of turn in so they're looking at you. I can't say that I wish for you to stay in my land, but if you would agree to travel with my son and his companion, I believe that there could be a mutual success for all of us. Well... I was teleported here somehow, and honestly, I feel like Bahama is making his will known, so, you know what? I'll work with you guys. Besides, fighting Tiamat's followers is no easy feat. Having some allies would certainly come in handy. Yes, I believe that if this evil we hear about is true, we'll be needing lots of allies. And with that, Robert's going to lean over to Lou. Though you trust him, do keep a close eye. He does not seem as though he's the most welcoming of individuals. Of course, Father, I will be vigilant as always. With that, King Robert's going to just give his son a big pat on the back, and he's going to say, Then I guess all three of you are leaving first thing tomorrow morning. Enjoy your night. As always, Lou, it's Friday night, so the tab's on me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, Chillest king ever. <laughs> yeah. Well, I a party hardy. And uh, he and his king's guard are going to walk out of the courtyard, leaving just the three of you standing there. So I actually want to walk, because I was like kind of uh, over by where my father's. I'm going to take a couple of steps over to Kroll and extend my hand and say, I'm sorry, I'm afraid I've been a bit rude. You understand, of course. I, no hard feelings. No, of course not. Guy just appears on the beach out of nowhere. Undead, even? I can understand. And uh, Kroll shakes his hand. Well, if you're undead, do you still eat and drink? Well, I'm going to have to say no, but, you know, I, I've only been dead for maybe an hour, so let's give it a shot. <laughs> ben, will you accompany us to the tavern? Uh, actually, I believe I'm going to call it tonight. Well, that's a shame. That's a real shame. All right, well, uh... Well, you know I never drink. Yeah... One of these days, Ben, oh boy, one of these days. All right, and he's going to give him a nice slap on the back. Well, good evening to you, and I'll see you early-ish in the morning. Your Majesty. And then he uh, takes his leave. So, Kroll, the fallen Death Knight, and Lou Westerian stroll down through this (laughs) magnificent opening, uh, the main gate of the castle, down the hill and find themselves at the nice establishment of West's Pub and Brewery. Hmm, that seems like a good establishment. Where's the nearest keg? 
Oh, yes, this is one of my favorites. Come in, please. As Luke pushes open the door, there are three girls sitting at the bar, all of whom, doing rubber neck <laughs> to this prince of the land, eyes gawking. <sighs> I'm going to give him a look and then just like, kind of like a small wave. Sort of like where you just kind of wave with like, with two fingers kind of thing. Sure, sure, sure. They all, you know, turn back towards the bar, start giggling amongst each other. Um, where are the two of you going to sit down? So I think that um, this is close to the castle and is one of Lou's favorite places to eat. Yes, in fact, it's uh, royally owned, so. <laughs> well, yeah, that, that's why the tab's on Dad. <laughs> um, I think that he's here enough that when he gets there, they actually make a spot for him at a table that is both centrally located and close to the bar simultaneously. Yes, actually... Um, you know, if if you imagine this bar being right in the middle of the room, just into the center of the room, there is this big half booth, and in the middle is a, a big table, you know, nice cushioned seats sit around it. You know, from getting out of the booth, maybe uh, five paces forward, and you're standing at the bar. Okay. So, this is about as nice of a seat as you could get. Okay. So, I'm going to sit down... I'm going to order five drinks. Okay. All to crawl just to see what happens. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm going to order five drinks, and once the drinks get to the table, uh, I'm going to wave to the girls at the bar again and say, well, these drinks aren't going to drink themselves. <laughs> they all swoon, <laughs> all giggle, as you hear just a, a minor stampede move through the room. Wow, uh, you're quite the popular guy. Troll was kind of pushed into the booth. Uh, <laughs> he's, he's now sitting at, you know, at the back of the booth. Uh, there are three girls sitting right there. And sitting across from these three girls is your lovely, handsome prince. <laughs> I could just see him like, uh, hello. <laughs> um, so the night goes on. They drink. Does Kroll partake? Well, he doesn't know what happens if he can get drunk as a dead guy, so he's giving it his best shot. All right, so... <laughs> Just, death knights don't need to eat, drink, or sleep. Oh, man. So, you know what? Right. Let's make a... The question is, don't need to, and versus can. can. Let's make a constitution saving throw. That's a critical fail. <laughs> you drunk Indeed, shit, boy. <laughs> it is true Though Death Knights need nothing of, uh, you know, physical nourishment, and they don't need water, they can indeed still get plastered. Wow, you <laughs> same here, boys. I, I'm really glad I can still get drunk. Takes away some of the pain of death, you know? One of these, uh, <laughs> swinning girls looks over at Crawl and says, I've never been with a dragon before. Wow. Or well, there, a dead guy. <laughs> well, it was the first time for everything now, isn't it? <laughs> this girl this is, is turning, necrophilia. This is turning into my favorite character. <laughs> Let's make a charisma saving throw. <laughs> I think that'd be a check, not a saving throw. No, yeah, charisma check, I guess. Okay. That's a 17, my favorite number. Indeed. Kroll actually puts his hand out and gestures for this young lady's hand, and the two of them step out of the booth and walk over to the dance floor. And though being completely dead, 
Make a dance check. Kroll <laughs> has got some moves. There you go. I hope you don't mind the cold. Or the fact I'm a little uh, swoony here. Oh, of course not. I'm sure your heat could warm us up. Barf. <laughs> I've got a freaking necrophiliac. Oh, <laughs> there's one for this, every. There's one for everyone in this, this world. First episode, well, <laughs> downhill real fast for you, maybe. Oof. Um, it's going up. The night goes by, and at three in the morning, Lou stumbles back to the booth where he had been off at the bar, been dancing with any suitor that mm-hmm. took up the prince, and uh, laying there, kind of half slumped over, is his crow with his arm around this girl, and uh, you know it's getting kind of late. I think Lou's ready to head back to the castle. What's he say to him? Oh, crow. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm here. I'm, I'm hey, worried. um, listen, uh, and uh, I'm gonna have uh, I'm gonna have one of the one of the guards take you back to your room. All right. Um. Uh, oh, 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 no, I, I, I can make it on my own. I'm, I'm okay. I'm good. Yeah, I'm but good. yeah, but listen, listen, listen. Okay, listen. <laughs> you don't know where you're going. Okay. Ah, uh, no. Uh, okay. Listen, uh, listen. He's right. got to tell you. Okay. All right. Uh, I'll trust you. I'll trust you. All right. Uh, is is Lou going back to the castle as well? Yeah. So, question for you though: How many girls does Lou take back <laughs> with him? <laughs> All of them. Take a Christmas check for me. Okay. <laughs> Thirteen. I think that Lou probably bags like. One hottie. You okay. Know. And, uh... It's a slow night. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. So, yeah, he's gonna take this girl, and they're gonna go back to his... Alright. Uh, um, so, Lou makes it back to his room. Does the, you know... Crawl, crashes crawl down is, and all that crawl stuff. Crawl is definitely gonna attempt to bring this necrophiliac with him back to his room. <laughs> yeah? He, he's just recently dead. He's gotta test out everything. You know? Gotta figure out how right, everything all right. functions. Let's make a charisma check. Lou actually has more than just a room. He's got, like, an apartment. Sure, uh, that's sure. That's a couple of rooms. Uh, that's a 21. Yes, indeed. Even as a dead man, he still has game. <laughs> I guess, uh, the, you know, you gotta find the right girl, but hey. Bahamut is watching out for this guy. <laughs> so, uh... This is gonna turn into, you take her back to your room, and she turns out to be a Tiamat spy and tries oh, to kill you. Oh, God. <laughs> that would be so unfair. Poor So, Kroll. um, Kroll and his lady, as well as Lou and his lady, both make it back to their respective rooms. They both do the nightly activities um, of their choosing, and in the morning, the sun's coming up, and Lou hears a very loud right on his door. Oh no! No breakfast needed this morning. I'm uh, I'm not hungry. Well, at least not hungry for food. Uh, I'm fine. And the door is actually going to get pushed open, and Ben is standing in the doorway. So an eventful night, I see. <laughs> oh, Ben, haven't you heard of knocking? I did. Yeah, uh, yeah, all right, <laughs> fine. Um, We were supposed to leave about five hours ago. Hey, l- yeah, I know, look, um, 
Yeah, it's fine, okay? Go, uh, go wake Crawl up. He uh, was, uh, already up. He doesn't sleep, he said. Uh, of course he doesn't. Uh, okay. <laughs> We've uh, been waiting on you. Okay. And this uh, completely naked lady is, uh, laying in bed next to it, Lou. And Oh, yeah, that's been the whole time and, that they're um, just talking. She now, uh has the sheet wrapped around her and is quite hastily moving out of the room, down the hall. Look, Ben, take a hint, all right? Get out, <laughs> go get me, like, some bacon eggs or something. It's... It's after midday. You've missed both breakfast and lunch. Oy. <laughs> oh, God. Um... I don't, I don't know, man. Give me something. And Get... suddenly there's a figure behind Ben... And Ben actually steps out into the hallway, and King Robert stands in the doorway. Lou! Oh! <laughs> Father, hello! I was just, uh, gathering my strength for the trip. Yes, yes. I'm giving you this task, son. Please, do not make a fool of me. Of, of course not, Father. I would never. I, um... I, I suppose, um... I forgot to have one of the uh one of the chambermaids ring me this morning. Of course. Well <sighs> get out of bed, Lou. Get dressed. I want you gone in the next hour. Of course, father, of course. And uh he's gonna turn and walk away. Okay. And I'm gonna I'm just gonna mouth to Ben sandwich. And then and then I'm gonna go and uh get dressed. I hope he remembers I don't know how to read lips. <laughs> uh, so, Lou finishes getting ready, and he makes his way to the front entry into the castle, where he finds Kroll and Ben already waiting. Ben is uh, waiting there for him with a plate. <laughs> okay. And what's on this plate? And hands him his plate of raw fish. <laughs> ben, what is this? You said you wanted raw fish. <laughs> <sighs> That's ah uh, bad. Uh, we really need to work on your lip reading. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm just gonna kind of set the plate down off to the side. Oh, uh, no matter. I'll uh, I'll eat later. Seeing you walk down the stairs into this front entry, uh, one of the servants, kind of like a bellboy type person, uh, walks up to you. Hello, Prince Lou, uh, Sir Ben, and... The name's Crawl. Crawl the Fallen, I suppose, nowadays. Crawl the Fallen. Well, you see, I'm kind of undead. Sure. Yes, thank you, Crawl. You don't need to explain that to everyone. I, I, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. What What is your name, boy? Uh, my name is Jim. Jim, uh, yes. Please. What is it, Jim? Uh, your father sent me. I'm here to take you to the stables. Okay, let's go. So he turns and walks off. Once you walk through like the front entry, like you know the main entry to the castle, oh, you sure. take a left, and that brings you down this hill, and you find yourself at a nice big stable, and you just see rows and rows of horses. They're not scared of the dead, are they? I know. <laughs> oh, this is going to be a lot of charisma checks, isn't it? So, uh, Jim shows you to the horses, shows you to the stable. Uh, if, do you need anything else, sir? Ha have provisions been prepared for us? Yes, your saddle has already been packed. 
Ben here already packed his own saddle, and I've been told that Kroll here does not need provisions. You would be correct. Okay, well, uh, thank you, Jim. I, I appreciate it. You're very welcome, my lord. Uh, and he turns and walks out. Don't worry, Lou. We made sure that you got the 55 Mustang. Ah! Uh, he's a funny uh, man. Uh, uh, so, you I... all three uh, have multiple different horses to choose from. There are ten stalls on either side. Please pick a side and tell me what horse you'd like. Just like a side to number? Yeah. Cal pick. Wait, how many are there in a row? Ten on Le- each side. Left number five. All right. The right number five. I'll take number seven from the left. Okay. So, Lou, first, uh, is walking down the stalls, looking at the different horses. He comes to the fifth horse on his left, looks in the stall, and it's a complete jet black horse. It's the 55 Mustang. Tall. Oh, black stallion. Get strong right. war horse. Um, you know, he, he looks at you and walks up to the side of his stall and puts his head over. And I'd like you to make an animal handling check with this horse. Okay. That's a six. <laughs> All right. You notice the horse does not seem too interested in you, uh, you, but you do notice that right next to his stall, there's a small sack of apples. Do you want to try and feed the horse, see if it will change its mind about you? Yeah, sure. I'll give him an apple. All right. So I'd like you to make a animal handling check, and then you can add a plus three modifier to it. Okay. Uh, so that's a nine. <laughs> it kicks you. What's your modifier for that? Uh, a- animal handling is a wisdom, and I have a negative one on that. <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh-oh. He ain't the wisest prince in the land. So, uh, Lou looks at the other horses in the different stalls. Uh, does he choose another horse that is to his liking? No, this is my horse. He's just being a little shit. <laughs> okay, all right. Welcome to episode well, one, our let's that. get on the horse episode. <laughs> Meanwhile, while Lou is struggling... Uh, yeah, to, I'm going to keep trying to convince him here. To convince his own horse that he is his master and you will obey me. <laughs> I love this is like one of the ones where it's going to end up being the horse is uh, riding on you. <laughs> um, Curl has also been walking down these stalls and passing Lou. Curl keeps walking and as he gets to the seventh horse on his left, it's a jet white horse. Uh, it has a few black spots on its feet going about halfway up uh, all four of its legs. It's just speckled a little bit with black. Its mane is all braided, braided white hair. It's actually uh, an albino, so its eyes are like creepily red, you know, kind of pinky. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Well, you seem creepy as me. This, this horse looks at you, whinnies a little bit, and then kind of ca- very, very cautiously moves forward, still unsure of this half-man, half-dragon standing in front of him, but what appears to be a dead half man, half dragon. So I need you to make animal handling, which is wisdom. That's a thirteen. This horse does indeed like you. You pet its uh, its not snout. What's that called? I mean, it's a snout. It's a snout. Is it a snout? No. Yeah. Snout. Yeah, Mr. Biologist. No, no snout. What do you want to call it? 
Well, okay. Snoot. <laughs> Crow reaches it's out. Face thing. <laughs> Crow reaches out and pets this horse, and then opens up the door, and the horse walks out of its stall. And are you gonna saddle your horse? Of course. So Crow goes about saddling his horse. Meanwhile, standing to the other side, uh, across the uh, walkway, um, on the, the stall across from Lou's horse. Ben has walked up to his horse, which is a beautiful brown horse. Uh, it has some spots that kind of go to a, a black. Its face is mainly brown. Its eyes have, have black around them. And it almost looks like it has this black that comes down over its face that kind of looks like the black makes fangs right by the horse's mouth. It was born with <laughs> kind of. It almost looks like that. And this is indeed Ben's horse that he has here in the stables. Still, I need you to make an animal handling check with uh, advantage. Uh, That's going to be 12. Your horse is a little reluctant. It's like, ugh, we're going places again. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah but, but then he coaxes her because, you know, she, she comes up and he starts patting her. But Hello, then, Winifred. You're looking lovely today. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going <laughs> to... Uh, you open the door, and horse walks out, and you go about saddling it up. Yup. All right. And feeding her a carrot. Cool, cool. Lou, <laughs> I'd oh. like you to make another animal handling check. Yep. At this point, I would like you to do it with advantage. You've been trying so hard. <laughs> you stuffed it so full of bananas. It's <laughs> <laughs> getting fat. <laughs> All right, Preston, listen, I've, I'm just as happy as you to be getting up at this hour of the day, but what can we do? Come on now. So that is a 12. He finally comes around to you. There we go, boy. Come on. Uh, and are you going to go about saddling up your horse? Yep. All right. I set the saddle on it and it bucks it off. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, Preston. <laughs> um, finally, after... About ten minutes in the stables, thanks to Lou. Um, <laughs> you guys are all ready to go, and your party goes the opposite side that you entered the stables from. You walk out, and that takes you down this hill to this main road that is heading to the east towards the Murdoch and Halea regions, uh, depending on how you take it. This road that you guys are traveling on, it mainly follows the coast as of right now. I think that this is a great time for you guys to get a small description of Farland in general, the land that you're currently moving through. Uh, so Farland is a region made up of mostly grassy hills, small forests, a few small mountains to the north, and most importantly, you have its coast, which allows it to be such a central hub for trading and it makes the country wealthy, it makes the surrounding countries wealthy, it, uh, it, you know, it, it promotes trade altogether. Farland has very little in terms of large military. However, it does have a fairly sizable navy, and you guys also have good cavalry. That mainly is due to the fact that as you move along this beautiful landscape, you just mainly see a lot of ranches just 
you know, your normal three high fences going for miles around large plots of land. You have occasional trees every once in a while, small forests that you move through. And as you're going, you come upon a small wooded area and you guys just walk into the woods when all of a sudden you guys hear noise. What are you guys going to do? What does the noise sound like? Yeah, describe this noise for us. So the noise that you're hearing, um, make this noise for you, me. You, you hear Puppet some boy. Na 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 na. You hear some uh, small pops, kind of like um, perhaps some wood burning, and you also hear some some muffled sounds that are relatively deep, and they kind of sound like a voice. But um, it, it's also getting covered up with some swishing of leaves, and uh, at this time. The sun's just starting to set. There's that, you know, that purple kind of orange haze as you guys are moving along into the forest. Ben, Ben, do you see anything in there? No, I was going to suggest that you wait here with Kroll and I'll go investigate and see what I can figure out. Uh, All right, go. Be careful. All right. So, uh, So Ben sneaks forward and... As he starts to get a little bit closer to the sound, it's starting to get dark enough that you can see some illumination kind of popping up. Um, it's, uh, you know, a, a nice warm orange and yellow glow uh, as it's just a, some kind of fire pit that someone has started. Okay. But there's nobody around the fire pit? Not close enough to find out. Okay. How long have we been in this forest? You guys have really only been in this forest for maybe 20 minutes or so. Okay. Like I said, the forests are normally pretty small. Yeah. Um, you know, there's areas where you've been moving through the forest and, um, you know, you can see a field through the trees. You're so close to the edge. Okay. Uh, ben is going to slowly make his way towards the glow of the fire. He's not going to, like, enter the little clearing that it's in or whatever, but he's, like, going to try and see if he can see the fire and the people around it. Okay. Uh, could you make a stealth check for me? Well, that really sucks, because I had an 18, but I have disadvantage because I'm wearing scale mail. So, oh, why would you do that? Because I didn't think that I would be doing a lot of stealthy stuff. The worst part is... You're the ranger! What <laughs> What did you think you'd be doing? Clanging his way through the forest so everyone can hear him. <laughs> Alright, so... Oh, first, you're, here. first you're too good to be a healer, and now you're too good to be a real ranger. What are you even good for? <laughs> Standing there and look pretty. Hey, you um, that is a five for stealth. Um, so as Ben is getting much closer to this fire, uh, he's hearing these voices. Like I said, there are these deep voices. And just as he's starting to be able to see what they are, he sees some, some pointed ears and some fur, and it looks like it's... Three bugbears are sitting around a fire just chatting it up, drinking. Uh, they have some, some mutton over the fire. You know, they're just roasting it. And then Ben steps on a twig and all three of their heads snap. And they're looking into the darkness. And make a dexterity saving throw. Okay.
I'm Midnight Agent Raw. And I'm Okami. We are the Super Media Bros Podcast. And each week, we give a comedic take on all forms of entertainment, such as movies, music, video games, television, and much more. So put your shades on and listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Shades on! We're on! Hey everybody, RJ here again. Hope you're enjoying the first episode of Realms and Nerds, The Vasanoka Adventures. A few quick things before we get into the second part of the episode. First up, to reiterate and expand upon what I said at the beginning of the episode, this campaign is not taking over the Return of Ornon campaign. We'll still be releasing episodes of that one as well. The two campaigns are going to run concurrently, and how it is going to work is that episodes of the two campaigns are going to be released alternately, meaning the next episode of Realms and Nerds will be episode 21 of The Return of Ornon, followed by episode 2 of The Vasanoke Adventures, and so on and so forth until further notice. If you're looking for more podcasts to listen to, I would recommend going over to podchaser.com, which is a podcast database site, and search for NXT Wave. That's N-X-T-W-A-V-E, all one word. There will actually be a few different playlists, most likely, on there that have been created by a few of the podcasters in the group. This collection of podcasts will include shows about things such as pop culture, film, television, video games, anime, fantasy role-playing games, obviously, toys, relationships, horror, true crime, the internet, sports books, nostalgia, and more. Again, you can find this collection of podcasts over on podchaser.com by searching NXT Wave. Another podcast I'd like to recommend to you is a podcast hosted by a former co-worker buddy of mine, Sam, and his friend Zach. It's called Side by Side. It's a podcast where they discuss topics such as film, video games, food, and new tech news. Uh, it's available over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor, and I'm sure on other platforms as well. Again, that's called Side by Side. If you're a fan of country music, Realms and Nerds co-host Ray and myself host a podcast called Cedar Country, where we discuss the history, artists, news, and of course songs of the country music genre. It's available on all, or at least nearly all, of the platforms that you can find this podcast, Realms and Nerds, on. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our show. If you like it, please consider sharing it with people you think would like it as well. The show is available on most podcast apps and sites, including Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and most recently was added to Pandora. We are also in the process of getting our show back onto YouTube, but that's going to take a little bit of time. When you post about Realms and Nerds online on social media, be sure to include the hashtag RealmsNerds, all one word, hashtag RealmsNerds. Thank you once again to our friend Kyle for composing our main theme. Thank you to Justin for arranging the version of the theme that we use for this campaign. Lastly, thank you to all of you wonderful people for taking the time to listen to our podcast. We really appreciate it. I hope you have a great day, and with that, let's get back into the first episode of the Vasanoka Adventures. Hey, I heard you like movies. I heard you like to hustle. I heard you like podcasts. Well, guess what? There's a podcast for you out there called The Home Video Hustle. Damn right. Every Friday, we talk about whatever movie PJ picks out the bag. What does that mean? Every Wednesday on our YouTube page, I put a bunch of movies in a bag, and PJ picks one out at random. And then we just watch it. We talk about it for maybe like an hour, hour and a half, two hours. Whatever we feel like doing, wherever the conversation leads us. But do we actually talk about the movie? Most of the time. Ah. 
tangents galore. Yes. So believe me, we may be a movie podcast, but it's not always about movies. We might talk about video games, mm-hmm. music. music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. the big one, music. Uh, sometimes we might get a little bit of politicalness in there. Yes. Sometimes we may just, oh, we know what we like to do. We like to tell stories, PJ. Yeah, yes. I am the master storyteller <laughs> yes. of the podcast realm. <laughs> Undefeated. So if you like to hear about movies, video games, whatever foolishness comes to our mind, the most random stuff you could think of, check out the Home Video Hustle. You can find us on the Stitchers. Yes. The Google Play. Yes. Apple Podcasts. What else? Podbean. What else? Podcast Addict. Goddamn. All that. Ain't no reason you can't get your hustle on. We everywhere. Worldwide, baby. Hustle, motherfucker. Hustle. Hey, we can't cuss in the promo, PJ. Ah. We gotta be family friendly. There may be podcasts out there that don't want us here to say. Ah. 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 Good fun stuff. <laughs> well, <laughs> you. <Yeah. laughs> no, don't, don't run the listeners away, PJ. Ah, I'm sorry. But this is going kind of long. Yes. So we'll end this and say, hey, check out the Home Video Hustle every Friday on all the various podcast outlets. Peace. Peace. That's a nat 20 plus 525. All right. Ben hits the deck, and these bugbears, they don't see anything. One of them decides to stand up and walks over to the edge of the clearing and looks into the forest. And he sees absolutely nothing. Forgot his glasses, dang it. <laughs> um, hey, Charles, I left my glasses back in the cave. And uh, you hear it's probably just like a little bunny or something. He sits back down yeah, at the so fire. Hobbit vibes right now. Yeah, actually. So, what's Ben going to do? Can Ben see them from where he is, commando style on the ground? So you're currently, like, prone? Yeah. I would say uh, if you were to go up on, like, one knee, okay. um, you'd probably be able to see over this small, uh, like, hill at the edge of the clearing to be able to see would that require me to make another stealth check if I get up just onto the one knee? Yeah, if you just get up onto the one knee, you're, you're fine. Okay. Ben's going to get up on one knee and kind of peer around this campfire and see if he recognizes any of the bugbears. He does not. There, there's one uh, has you know has these three gold earrings at the top of its ear going down. Another one has this nice big scar down its arm and over its chest. And the other one is, uh, it, it It looks like it's missing a foot, but it has like put something in a shoe that's somehow attached to its body. That's pretty cool. Is its name Stumpy? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Stumpy, come here. So it doesn't appear that Ben recognizes any of them. What's Ben going to do? I guess Ben's going to try and make his way back to the group. What else can he do other than confront these dudes? Um, so as Ben is making his way back, he can kind of see where he had left Lou and Kroll. And he sees a torchlight behind them. I'd like both Kroll and Lou to both make a constitution saving throw. That's a seven. And that's a five. We suck. Um, Lou can't roll for shit, apparently. <laughs> As the two of you are standing there waiting for Ben, kind of starting to get impatient, you hear something behind you, and you turn around just as you see uh, a light approaching, and you both get ready to fight this light. 
<laughs> or fight, fight whatever is you know whatever is uh, you know coming at you. You're not really sure, so you're just preparing yourselves. And right as you do so, a bugbear from behind you hits you on the back of the head. Both of you start to fall, grabs you both by your shirt, and is dragging you now back to this campsite uh, where he throws the two of you down. This is not a good Hold start. Hold on. Somebody find my copy of The Hobbit. I'm going to find out what happens <laughs> next. I'm telling you. That's what I'm feeling right now. Unfortunately, I'm not a Bilbo, so good luck. <laughs> okay, so you've just dragged us back to the camp, right? The bugbear has Correct. two of us. Okay. Is this a different bugbear than the other ones? Uh, yep. So no, this, wait, Did we... I see this bugbear? You have not. Wait, okay. now, are we unconscious, or are we just knocked down? He's you both were, like, stunned to the point where he was, you dragged you over there. Uh, you know, by the time he throws you down, you guys are both kind of starting to get a little less hazy and starting to get your bearings. Ah. You weren't necessarily knocked unconscious. Oh, uh, hell, hit us. Oh, uh, what? Who are you? What's going on? Eh, uh, well, it seems as though you're trespassing on our land. Listen here, this, I... My name is Lou Westerian. I am the crown prince of Farland. <laughs> oh, this, you're one of those royal boys, huh? This is... I I cannot trespass in Farland. It's not possible. Well, listen. I don't know what authority gives you this land, sir, boy. But, uh, you see, me and my boys, we're sitting here. Which makes it our land. Well, by that logic, me laying here on the ground makes this plot my land. So, <laughs> technically, you're in turkey. Exactly. <laughs> what is this? Like a, 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 a... What sort of foolishness is this? You can't just come in here and claim our land as your own. Why not? Be- For stars, you're stupid. It's not yours. Stupid! Yeah, you heard me. Uh, and this bugbear starts to get mad. Kroll stands up. He's not taking this shit. Make an intimidation check. That's a seven. Crawling <laughs> for shit. Kroll springs to his feet, and this bugbear looks at him, chuckles, and then with his club, just hits him right in the center of the chest, knocks him back down. Do I, do I still have my equipment with me? I mean, I yeah, they didn't they didn't take anything from you. They just threw you down here. Okay. Well, he is distracted. I'd like to throw one of my hand axes at this bugbear. All right, so I'd like you to make, uh, first, a stealth check. A stealth check? Yep, to see if, uh, whether or not this bugbear's gonna notice. Oh, fuck me. <laughs> I'm right there with you, brother. <laughs> That's a three. <laughs> we are rolling... For shit tonight. Well, this bugbear rolled a critical fail um, <laughs> to see whether or not he's going to see this hand axe. So you can now make your attack roll. Okay. That's a 14. That is not going to hit. Lou throws this hand axe and it goes twirling through the air. It looks as though it's going to just perfectly strike you uh, right into the back of this bugbear. And it hits him the wrong side. This bugbear just turns around, fury on his face, 
<sighs> Lou's gonna try and pretend like he has no idea what just happened. <laughs> deception. Uh, wrong yeah. deception check. Yeah. Okay, so that's an eleven. This bugbear is looking at you, and he's just growling at you. But he doesn't actually take any action. He just stares at you. And then one of the other bugbears that was around the fire actually takes some rope and throws it over your arms and ties your arms to your sides and your hands down behind you and then ties you off in the back. And he does the same with Kroll. Uh, what are we going to do with them? I don't know. We could, uh... Are they all standing together? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to use my breath weapon on them. Because <laughs> these idiots didn't time them out shut. And they all need to make constitution saving throws. It's a 15-foot cone. What is the saving? The saving is 12. Okay, so two of them fail and two of them succeed. Eight damage, and the ones who succeed take half. All right. They take cold damage. So eight damage to the two and four damage to the others? Yes. Okay. All three of these bugbears, uh, as your breath weapon goes, these it's like crystal, it's, it's right? It's basically ice. ice and snow. Yeah, yeah. It's cold. Just the, uh, you, you see these small icicles start to form on their fur, and all four of them just shiver, this huge shiver, like all the heat in their body has just been stolen from them. Kroll just chuckles. Uh, and then they all just shake their fur, turn around, and you're going to get a club right to the side of the head. You're going to take... Four points of bludgeoning damage, and Kroll is going to get knocked right into a daze. Uh, actually, you know what? He's going to get knocked unconscious. Well, I did my part. You two are up. Listen, what are you doing here? Like, do you, do you want money, or what? what is it? Uh, well, you people think we're some kind of savages, and, well, we just want to live our lives, you know? Uh. Just, just travel and, you know, have fun, eat some meat. What do you want? What are you doing here? I want to not be tied up by the people that supposedly want to be left alone. We didn't do anything to you. Yeah, sure, sure. He came and hit us in the back of the head. Okay. Well, we're getting tired. I think we're gonna... Call it night, and we'll figure out what we're going to do with you in the morning. And, uh... In the morning... Listen uh, here. I will not sleep on the ground tied up like a criminal. So this bugbear is going to uh, actually walk over to this mutton that's roasting. He's going to just cut off a nice big slice. He's going to throw it at Lou. There's dinner. (laughs) Listen here, I will not eat mutton off the ground like an animal. Don't make me tie you up. I'm already tied up. Do you want to be gagged? Listen here, you cannot treat me like this. I will not. So he's going to grab your face and push your head back and then take some cloth and shove it in your mouth and then cart it around your mouth. I'm sure there's some... (laughs) (laughs) Pretty boys always need to shut up. Uh, and, uh, these bugbears are gonna, you know, go lay down by the fire and start to go talk again, just like nothing really happened. Enjoying their drink, enjoying their food. 
Lou is going to start banging the heels of his boots together really loudly. <laughs> there's no Prince, place like home. Prince there's Joffrey no place here. Like home. He's just, there's no place like just home. banging his heels together trying to be kind of annoying. I don't want to be tied up. Actually, he's hoping that Ben is around somewhere and is going to show up, so he's trying to just be as distracting as possible at this point. Ben sees this display and lightly face palms. You useless twine. <laughs> You're just off in the darkness going, <coughs> oh, my popcorn's done. So again, after hearing all this clicking, this bugbear sitting here on the fire, this is the one with the three earrings on its ear. She's going to come over. Oh, I really didn't want to have to do this. Gonna take his club. Night's out for Lou. It's not the worst headache he's ever had. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> ben is going to stay where he is and wait out the bugbears, wait for them to fall asleep. The sun has, at this point, completely set. It's just starting to, you know, really get dark out. The stars are out. You're starting to see the moon come up, and um, two of the bugbears are yawning and starting to lay down. One of them is just sitting up, looking at the fire. The other three are dozing off, and uh, as the night goes by, one by one, they all fall asleep. The one that was staying awake is now slunched over, eyes half open, half closed. Ben waits about ten more minutes. And this bugbear, it's, this is the one that with the, the foot that seems to be missing is just... Doesn't seem to be falling asleep. It seems as though he's on some kind of guard duty or, you know, tasked to keep watch. He's just looking at the fire. Ben, is there any rocks or anything near where he is? Yeah, there's a, a few stones. All right, Ben would like to take the rock and throw it not, like, across the way, because clearly that'll fly, like, right over the fire. Sure. But he's going to throw it away from him. Okay. To try and set off a noise elsewhere. So Ben throws a stone and it hits the side of a tree and then lands in some thickets and just you hear a small and then some ruffling of some leaves as it falls to the ground. This bugbear instantly, his eyes shut open and he sits up, looks at what was over there and starts to get up and move towards the edge of the campsite. And he, he decides to just go a few feet into the woods looks around he thinks he sees something and um he starts to take a few more steps into the woods and uh he's probably about 10 paces or so away from the edge of the campsite now into the woods hmm. must have been nothing turns around and uh starts to make his way back to sit down Ben lightly face palms again and then kind of shrugs to himself and is going to try and sneak around closer to because our Kroll and Lou on like the edge of the campsite or are they like in the center? Right. So if uh, yeah, if you think about the clearing, the fire pit's kind of like right in the middle of the clearing yeah. to the right of the side or from from, from where, where I from am. where Ben is mm -hmm. uh, to the right is mostly where all these bugbears are laying and okay. off to the left. A little ways from the fire, propped up against some like logs, is Lou, and there's also crawl over there. Are they propped up so that they're kind of like in a way that they would be able to be seen by that bugbear on duty? 
on guard duty. I mean, like, yeah. Them like, they're, they're, like, the log is here, and they're here, and then the fire is on the other side of them. Right. All right. Um. Well, Ben is going to make his way to the left, slowly, over there, and try and get them. Okay. Or so, closer to them, at least. Ben moves through the forest, and he's starting to get over to towards the left of this clearing. And could you make a stealth check, please? Yep. With advantage. Nat 20 plus 323. Yeah, so Ben is How? being like hella freaking sneaky right now. Ben makes his way around this clearing off towards the left side. Very, very sneakily. This bugbear is sat back down and looking at the fires. Still just seems to be completely lifeless. Ben is going to try and chuck another rock back so that the bugbear would be going behind where they are all laying okay. instead of towards where, so basically to the right of where Ben originally was. Am I, do I need to do a check or anything? Is it uh, just do that? Do a, um, I guess do a deception check. Okay. That's 20 plus 4, 24. Okay. Nice. Yes. Uh, <laughs> One's up. There's the pitch. Goes flow- flying back and Hits almost in the same spot as the first rock, and this bugbear now juts back up, club in hand, runs into the forest, just determined to figure out what's back there. (sighs) While he's away, Ben is going to make his way over and start trying to cut loose the ties of Lou and Kroll, in that order. Okay. With his short sword, uh, Ben is most definitely able to... He doesn't cut, take off the gag, by the way. Cut the rope that is around Lou's arms and body holding him down. Ben puts his finger to his lips. Okay, now I'm going to take the gag off after he cuts my arms free. Ben, I knew you'd come through. Well, of course. That's uh, my duty. And then he is going to cut the rope that is currently around Kroll. Mm-hmm. Kroll is still completely knocked out. So, what you're going to need to do is, I need either one or both of you to roll a strength check. Are you rolling a strength check? I guess, sure. Okay. Actually, I'll roll a strength check. That's a 10. That is a 17. I'm good at one thing. I am a strong boy. (laughs) (laughs) So, Lou and Ben, uh, they reach down. I'm sorry, hang on. That's actually a 19. My mistake. (laughs) Ben grabs... Kroll's arms, and Lou grabs Kroll's feet, and they pick him up, Uh, and I'm going to need both of you guys to make a stealth check, because as you guys are starting to make your way back into the forest, right then, this bugbear is walking back towards the campsite. That's an 8. It's a 15 for me. As you guys are walking to the forest, this bugbear looks over the way, and he he sees something shimmer. He goes, oh. And then as he's looking closer and closer, he sees that the adventures are gone. Hey, hey boys, wake up, wake up. He kicks a couple of them, hits them. All four of these bugbears are now awake. What happened to the prisoners? I don't know. They are looking around puzzled, not completely sure where you are. And then this main bugbear with the three earrings in his ear, he's going to say... Ugh, it's not really worth it. I mean, I wasn't sure what I was going to do with them anyways. And, um, they're going to go back to bed. As you guys 
you know, just outside into the woods. Kroll wakes up right then. I'm going to take their heads off. I swear by it. Kroll, Kroll, quiet yourself. Why? We don't need to fight them. Oh, we're going back. Wait. Let, let their guard go what? down and then we'll take oh, them. Oh, we're going to cut them there's, like a fish. There's no need. Of course there's a need. We can't have them waylaying travelers along the path. I suppose you're right. And this, Where, Wherever you go, I shall follow. This time, your useless ass is going to go in first. All right, no. Crow, listen. Here's what we'll do. Ben, you split off to the side and hide in one of the trees. Once you're there, give me the signal, and Kroll and I will attack head-on. While we're engaging them, you'll have a clear shot with your bow. All right. All right. Let's go. Let's See. do it. So, Ben, roll a stealth check for me. Okay. Five. <laughs> <laughs> when it matters, we suck. <sighs> you wanted to fight him. <laughs> We're gonna yeah, fight. This, We're fighting them. This scale mail on a ranger thing is gonna get really difficult. You're gonna get rid of that. I had two choices of armor. I go with buff. leather. Always go leather with leather. Leather is the way to go, my dude. Should have gone with leather. I mean, I went with chain mail, but I'm also not a sneaky boy, so I went with chain mail. I mean, my only option. So Ben uh, is making his way to the side of the camp, and. He's making his way up this tree when all of a sudden he goes for this branch and this branch snaps and there's just this extremely loud crack sound as this branch snaps right off and Ben is going to fall and he's going to land right on his back on the forest floor. He's only probably five or six feet up the tree at this point. Crawl palms his face. <laughs> And um, these bugbears <laughs> are going to wake up yet again. <sighs> what is it now? Cool, we cannot wait any longer. They'll discover Ben's position. Let's do this. Charge! I need you guys to all roll initiative. The one time I rolled 20, so I got 21. 14. 4. So up first in this battle is Kroll. Kroll is actually going to where he's standing before they really charge in. He's going to cast Death Grip okay. as a bonus action, spending one of his runes on his weapon. Alright, what it does is you seize the essence of a creature in range, 40 feet, and pull it towards you. This target must make a strength saving throw. If it fails, it is pulled up to the 40 feet directly towards you. I'll pull the three-ear ring one, because I'm assuming he's the one that hit me with the club. Uh, yeah. Yeah, his ass is mine. Okay. So he has to make a what? A strength saving throw. So that's four. Assume that fails. That definitely fails. Okay. He is coming towards me. So... And that was my bonus action, and in mid-flight, I'm going to use my action to attack him with my greatsword. All right. I got a nat 20. All right. Hell, um, yeah. I get to roll all four of my d6s. That's... Fourteen. So, Crow rushes through this into the clearing. You see as he puts his hand up and this ever so purpley dark mist kind of moves through the air. And you see it grab this bugbear, the one that has the three piercings on its ear. And he pulls it. And as this bugbear is just flying towards him, he grabs the greatsword off his back. 
chops him right in half as the two halves go flying past him. And this bugbear is dead. <sighs> that felt good. Now, uh, this bugbear that has these three claw marks on its arm and over its chest is going to be attacking at Kroll. So he's going to run at you with his morning star. And that's going to be 14 against AC. Nope. All right. As this bugbear runs up, he lunges his morning star at you, and Kroll simply takes his great star and pushes it aside. Now Ben's up. Ben's gonna stand up since okay. he was on his back. How far away am I from any of the bugbears? A few paces uh, away from the clearing. Okay. Maybe 30 feet or so. Okay. So he's gonna draw out his longbow. Okay. Uh, and aim for one of the bugbears. Okay, which one? I'm gonna go for Pegleg. Alright, for Stumpy? <laughs> yeah, for Stumpy. 22 versus AC. Yes, this arrow is going to hit. Okay. And that is 10 damage. This arrow flies from Ben's bow and it weaves its way through. It just has a perfect line through these trees. And as it comes into the clearing, it strikes this bugbear right above his heart, kind of by his shoulder. Arm flies back and you just see his rage fills his face. Um, he, he, he's not looking good, but he is pissed. <laughs> so up next is the bugbear that actually was the one that knocked Lou, and he's going to make an attack at Kroll, who's the closest person to him. He runs at him with his morning star, and Kroll again, just so effortlessly takes his uh, his great sword and just simply moves this morning star away from him with such ease, and now up is going to be Lou. I'm going to go after the generic guy that doesn't look like anything. Okay, so you're running up next to Kroll. Yes. On the battlefield, okay. And uh, I'm going to attack with my longsword here. Okay. Nine against AC. It's not going to hit. So, okay. um, And then I actually have action surge. Okay. So I get a second attack here. Okay. So for my second attack, I'm actually going to use one of my superiority maneuvers that I get that as a battlemaster. Bonus action. For this particular one I'm using, you can forgo... Uh, so this is Commander's Strike. Okay. Uh, when you take the attack action on your turn, you can forego one of your attacks and use a bonus action to direct one of your companions to strike. Okay. When you do so, choose a friendly creature who can see or hear you and expend one superiority die. That creature can immediately use its reaction to make one weapon attack, adding the superiority die to the attack's damage roll. Okay. So I'm going to yell to Kroll and just say, uh, he's distracted! Strike now! And Kroll's gonna go for it. Okay. Where am I rolling? Or oh, you're rolling the superiority. So I roll superiority deck. I got a seven. So that's not gonna hit. Kroll goes to make an attack on this guy, but he sees it coming and also hits his tack away with his morning start. And now up is Stumpy, who is just recovering from getting shot. He's going to uh, take his javelin, and he's actually going to throw it at Kroll. They really don't like me. Apparently. They're scary and big. And I cut one of their guys in two in one yeah. shot, so I guess. Yeah. Um, that's going to be a six. Definitely not. Okay, so 
this javelin is thrown at Kroll. Kroll is standing right in front of a tree, and he just moves to the side, and this javelin sticks directly into the trunk of this tree, and now it's back. It's Kroll's turn. All right, who's standing next to me in terms of the enemy? So standing next to you are two bugbears and then Lou. Is it Scarface and Generic Guy? Yes. All right, I guess I'll try to attack with my greatsword against Scarface. Okay. That's a uh, 24. That is going to hit. Okay. That is 14 slashing damage. As Crawl steps aside from this javelin and uh, hits directly into the trunk of this tree and he ducks under it and as he does he brings his great sword up and just slashes this bugbear from balls to brains. <laughs> And this guy is just split in half. And up next is Ben. All right, Ben is going to draw his two short swords and charge over to Stumpy. Okay. Finish the job, I guess. So that is 15 versus AC with his first sword. Not going to hit. Okay. That one won't hit either. That's only a 9 versus AC. Ben puts his bow away and pulls his short swords out, and as he runs into the clearing, he sets his eyes on this guy that he's already marked with his arrow, and as he runs towards him, he takes both his short swords and goes to smash down on this guy right as he takes his morning star and puts it up and deflects both the, uh, his holds both the swords at bay and is able to push Ben back. Up next is the remaining bugbear that's standing next to Kroll and Lou, and he is going to make an attack against Lou. That is 19. Yeah, a little hit. All right. He's going to hit you for six damage. Okay. I'm actually going to use another one of my superiority die here to parry when another creature damages you with a melee attack. You can use your reaction to expend one superiority die to reduce the damage by the number you roll on your superiority die plus your dex modifier. Okay. So I parry for... So I get one. With your deck, your dex is minus one. My dex is zero. Oh, so his wisdom Ouch. So I get oh, one taken off of that. So okay. Uh, so as this bugbear lunges at Lou, Lou puts his sword up and goes to push the, the morning star to his side and as he does it just nicks him a little bit he's able to stop it from being a direct right into the gut but definitely still gets cut up on his side next up is lou so okay i'm gonna go right back at the guy that just took a swing at me all right um use my long sword here okay that's a 24 as gonna hit okay so that is six points of damage. Okay. Next up is Kroll. Again, this the same... Wait, what about Stumpy? Oh, you're right. Stumpy is up. <laughs> ah, so Stumpy... You can't leave poor Stumpy out. Stumpy just pushed Ben off him, and he's now going to pull his Morningstar and go right for his gut. Uh, so actually, as he is going for him, there is a moment... Ben's body glows a slight white glow, and in that moment, everyone in this circle sees Ben no longer the six-foot, black-haired, blue-eyed, cool dude, 
he's now this pale, silver-haired, basically no color to his eyes. He looks similar to how he looks, I guess you could say usually, but basically without any color. After that split second, he takes the form of this hideous creature and screams at this bugbear using unsettling visage. When a creature you see makes an attack roll against you, you use reaction to impose disadvantage. Using this reveals the shape-shifting trait to anyone within 30 feet of you. And I get it back after a short or long rest. As this bugbear lunges right at the gut of Ben, suddenly he finds that his morning star just misses his body completely as this figure in front of him completely changes form into this hideous beast that is shrieking in his face. He falls back to the ground and he's so frightened and already lost so much blood from this arrow almost lodged in his heart that he falls back, hits his head on the log and just dies, eyes wide open, (laughs) mouth drop as he's looking at this figure as it returns back to a man. Ben returns back to his natural form as a changeling and looks looks over at Lou despairingly and says, well, I guess the tabaxi is out of the bag. Ben, what was that? And then Ben is going to quickly change himself to look like the human knight that he is. Lou is shocked uh, as his friend and someone that he's known for so long just transforms in front of his eyes, but is completely caught off guard as this bugbear that's standing next to him comes back at him with his morning star. And this morning star is just driven so deep right into your gut, dealing four damage. As this morning star goes into him, Lou still has his eyes on Ben, and he turns back to this bugbear in front of him. And I'm actually going to give you an attack of opportunity on this bugbear. Okay. I'm going to come back swinging with my longsword then. Okay. <sighs> yeah, that's an eight. You go to bring your longsword down on him, and he ducks out of the way and pulls his morning star out of you. And at this point, Ben? Ben is going to charge over to this buggy bear and uh, try and drive both of his short swords into him. So that is 24 versus AC with the first one. That'll hit. And then that's a critical fail with the second one. Okay. Roll for damage. Nine damage. As Lou puts his eyes back on this bugbear who has just darted away from him, he goes to make another attack against him as a sword is just comes plunging through his back and it, you uh, and Lou sees it as just comes pushing through the front of his chest, uh, blood and gore and everything as Lou is just completely covered as this bugbear falls right at his feet and standing behind it is Ben holding his short sword. Ben, thank you. Um, so you're uh, not human then? No. If you don't mind me asking, what exactly are you? I. I don't quite know. I mean, 
I've lived my life in the wilds, basically. I I guess you could call me a changeling. I believe that's what people probably refer to us as. I actually, ironically, uh, grew up under the tutelage of a bugbear. He he found me when I was very young in the Polar Mountains. I, I, I was an orphan. And we we traveled together through the Sana River Valley. Uh, and then I left him when I joined a vessel there in Tilos and traveled across under the guise of the Lady Pirate Gwendolyn. And that's how I came to end up in Westport and through several years finally made my way to be a knight under your father's rule. I... I don't understand. You... You were a woman? I... I think he traveled with a woman. No, I don't. Being a, a, a gentleman is more of a matter of choice. See, I can... I can change to be a, a man or a woman just as easily as changing clothes. I can change my entire appearance, essentially, like that, with a blink of an eye. And Lou, uh, Lou nods and he goes, So that's why you'll never go to the tavern with me. Uh, uh, uh. Yes, if I... I'm surprised you're taking it this well. If I, if I had gone to the tavern and gotten drunk, I might accidentally change and people then would know I'm not a human. And I, I've, this is who I want to be, Ben, the knight of the realm of Farland. If I, if I had to be driven away from that, I don't know what I'd do. Hey, buddy, don't worry too much. You see, as an undead guy who just had sex with a living person, I, I, I think I have a worse problem than you do, so I, I think you're okay. <laughs> Ben's gonna awkwardly scratch the back of his head and kind of look away <laughs> I mean, from Ben's Kroll. Ben's problems are not quite as bad as Kroll, so... Okay, Kroll, first of all, nice. But also, not needed right now. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, Ben. Um, Your secret's safe with me. Yeah, uh, you ain't got anything to worry about for me. I appreciate it, Your Majesty, and you as well, good Sir Kroll. Now, should we loot these fucking bugbears, or what? Oh, that sounds like a splendid idea. Yes. Also, after what Kroll just said about last night, I don't think you need to call him a sir. Ah! <laughs> 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 this I'm enjoying fucking this episode, <laughs> guys. This fucking episode. I'm loving it. This is great. All right. All right. Do we find anything interesting on in these guys? Well, here. I'll search... Um. Three earring guy. Damn it. Go ahead. <laughs> if you guys want to search the other three. Okay, uh, DM. Do they have any bags or anything that they had with them? There's, yeah, there are a few sacks that, like, two of them that are uh, kind of over by where they were laying. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go search through the sacks. Okay. In one of them you find mainly just provisions, some bread, some cheese, and uh, wrapped up is... Uh, another part of the mutton that they had. Okay. Lou's gonna make a sandwich and actually, uh, out, of the, out, of the bread, out of the bread, cheese, and mutton and he's gonna put it next to the fire to toast it up because he actually hasn't eaten all day. Awesome. <laughs> um, you know, so, I, I don't have to eat, but uh, I, I do kind of miss it. Yeah. You think I can get, one, get me one of them? Of course, Kroll, of course. 
I'll make a second sandwich and put it on. So you were wanting a sandwich, not raw fish, <laughs> earlier. Ah, uh, yes, Ben. Uh, is not being able to read lips part of your shape-shifting? No, I'm just bad at reading lips. Aye, <laughs> alright. In the other sack, you find a small purse containing 15 gold pieces. Okay. And in there, you also... There's some leather hide if you want to take it. Nice um, leather armor for our fail whale here. Uh, there is some spear tips in there. Not connected to anything, just stone tips. Okay. Uh, and that's pretty much it. What do I find on the bugbears themselves? At least two of them. Well, I've got no use for stone tips. I've got one myself. Uh, 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 <laughs> <laughs> um, that's a knee slapper right there. You don't find much on the bugbears themselves. You find five gold pieces on the bugbear with the three piercings on his ear. And the other bugbear, he really has nothing on except clothes. There's the morning star that he had uh, and a javelin on his back. No, I'm okay. Since we're talking about gold, how much gold did I have with me when I left? 25 gold pieces. Yeah, well, I thought... You didn't ask your father for any gold? Rip. I mean, Rooney. All right, Ripperoni. Ben would like to take all of the bugbear's clothes and store them. Okay. Because um, one of the things I guess I didn't mention with the, I mean, I guess with changelings, they actually when they change their appearance or whatever, their clothes don't change though. So he's trying to like get other costumes, I guess you could call them now, since they're not like his regular clothes. So it's like the changeling from Star Wars. I, yeah, yeah, pretty much. He's putting together a costume pack. Yes. Pretty, so his character is basically just characters from Star Wars all wrapped into one. So, okay, thanks. So, that, was, um, that was unintentional. You're going to have to open about ten loot boxes to get all those costumes. <laughs> get all the skins. Oh, man. Yep, yep. So at this point, Ben has um, the necessary elements that he needs on him to change into an appearance of a bugbear. Whenever Wait, he... what? Uh, what size is bugbear? Like medium. what? They're medium size. Okay, and then I can change them because I can only change into creatures that are medium oh, size oh, and oh. bipedal. bipedal. That's why you asked me that. Earlier. Oh yeah, I can be a dragonborn if I, I can look not, like a not, dragonborn I'll say, if I want. You don't get their I don't get. Abilities. Yeah, no, my my stats don't change. I just change appearance. That's clever. It yeah, I'm definitely, I'm definitely changing, I'm definitely changing those. What? Does it be creatures you've seen? I have to have seen them. Yes. So you can only turn to a white dragon. Yes. Okay. Well, well, if I've seen him, yeah, you don't know. I've, in my backstory, the only creature I've established that I've seen is a bugbear, other than apparently like a human woman, because I've I was able to and human men. Obviously. Yeah, but that was all it's unimportant. But so yeah, um, so bug, I'm definitely taking those earrings too for sure. Knock yourself out. Um, in the distance, you guys hear uh, a few whinnies as you guys realize that over this past three, four hours that you've been, you know, unconscious or fighting. Or staring at a camp of bugbears. Your horses are still tied up a little ways away. Yeah, they're getting kind of impatient, the fact that they're just standing there without food or water. Does anybody want to go get them? I mean, they got food, they're tied up next to grass, what more do they need? (laughs) Water. Does anyone want to love and compassion? Winifred. Hey, hey, let's let's see. Let's see how good you guys are with your horses. Ben is Ben is definitely going to uh, go and take care of Winifred. Okay. 
Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll go over to Preston and grab him. Yeah, all right. Not until after you kick him in the leg because you're an <laughs> asshole to your, your horse. Ass apparently, ball, you dumb, dumb not an horse. asshole. My horse is just ornery. Oh, okay. <laughs> you, you all good on your sandwich and stuff? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We all had sandwiches. Wait, Cro- you're. Crowley. I didn't make Ben a sandwich. Huh? That's all right. You made him some rock. I made t- we've got provisions in our packs. Ben <laughs> I don't give two, a fuck. I made two sandwiches. One for me okay. and one for ben, ben gonna eat some of the mutton that okay. they had. Crawl eats the food that will not sustain him, but he enjoys the flavor. Okay. So, uh... If he doesn't need to eat, is it gonna break down in his body? Is he just gonna carry around the bits of <laughs> a sandwich? Oh, he's, for- you know, he's still got all that al- alcohol just sitting in his gut. He's got a beer belly. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh... Well, <laughs> it's like Kirby. It just disappears into a different dimension. All right, carry on, Brandon. Uh, the three of you backtrack your way now out of this clearing to your horses on the main road. You untie your horses and mount them. I assume. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Yes, we mount the horses. Yeah. I bet. Like I just yeah. All right, and you guys are now taking off. You've been on the road for probably about an hour after leaving this campsite. Sun's coming up, uh, and you guys have a choice. The road, uh, one goes off to your guys's left, and that's gonna take you into the Murdog region. Or, you can continue going, uh, on the right kind of straight path, uh, and that will take you to Halir. Halir is an ancient city of learning and politics, and, uh, Murdog is a region of loggers, uh, travelers. Oh, you guys. We started in the south. I thought no. I mean, we started, we started at West Port. Point, which is Port, which is way the fuck up. Yeah. Here. I, if we can get the hill, Hylar without I didn't going, say to, you, I didn't say you, you, you said these two places. Yes, you're still over here. You take the oh, so high road and I'll take the I, I'm telling you where these paths go. Okay. I'm just trying to paint a picture in my mind of where we are. So where are we going? Well, gents, I say we go through Murdog. That's where my mother's from, and they should grant us safe passage. I concur. Sounds pretty good to me. All right. As our three adventurers turn onto the road headed towards Murdoch, bellies full of sandwich and mutton, we have a scene. Two humans and a dragon riding as the sun rises and uh, they make their way. And I guess we'll pick up on that on another day.